about three years ago, like Pat said, um, there I got a word that we needed to come together and we needed to corporately fast and pray about the sin that was in our lives. And it kept the word kept coming and coming and coming. And, um, you know, I let Pastor Pat and the elders know and they were working on it. And it just wouldn't leave. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm still... I'm still telling them, and I'm still praying about it. And um, then finally it was time, and we have this month. And this is a special month. This is, I don't, three years, guys. <laughs> He's been speaking this to me for three years. This isn't just something that, you know, oh, hey, this would make a nice sermon topic. Um, this is important. This is something that he's asked me to carry, to steward for you guys, if you will, for a while. Because he wants to set you free. He wants to set you free from stuff that you don't even know you need to be set free from. Okay? So there's a reason that we aren't fully operating in a ton of gifts. There's a reason that we are still (laughs) getting ticked off at our spouses. There is a reason that we are not loving our children as we should. And that's because we have sin in our lives. Am I coming in and out? Am I okay? Okay, awesome. I can't tell. Public speaking with a mic? Yeah. All right, so um, if we could look at Isaiah 1, 1 through 20. As you can see, this is going to be a common thing throughout history. We are not the first people. We will probably, it would be cool if we'd be the last people. Um, It says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, which he saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Listen. O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons, I have reared and brought up, but they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner, and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, offenses, offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from him. Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is nothing sound in it, only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your fields, strangers are devouring them in your presence. It is desolation as overthrown by strangers. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a watchman's hut in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. Unless the Lord of hosts had left us a few survivors, we would be like Sodom. We would be like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord. Okay, go back to the very beginning of that. So in the very first part, it talks about, you know, they don't know me. They are sons. And they don't have a clue who I am. And it's obviously God's talking about himself. You know, he's reared Israel. They have now been walking with him for hundreds of years. We are way past the time of Moses and all of that. We are in the the time of the kings, and Israel and Judah are about to get hauled off because they are not listening. They don't know him. Okay? Um, In verses 4 through 5, it says, The last sinful people... Sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity. Go ahead to the next slide. They are corrupt. They have abandoned the Lord. They're in rebellion. Okay, so not only are they sons who don't know him, (laughs) we have taken another step. 
they're in active rebellion, okay? And the Bible says that God hates rebellion. It's one of the few sins that he is like passionately, he hates it. He equates it to witchcraft. It, 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 is, it is a not, I know, you know, there's people say, you know, sins aren't weighed, but as I've read the Bible, he really hates rebellion, okay? So there are different types of rebellion. There's the in-your-face rebellion. Parents, you may have experienced this before. Um, there is this subtle kind where you just kind of neatly kind of sidestep and go around. And there's the kind where, honestly, you don't even know you're rebelling. And that's the one that I want to focus on today. Okay, verses 6 through 7. We're, when you don't know God and you're in rebellion, you get the tar beat out of you. This verse describes there are welts and bruises all over you know, our bodies. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, there's nothing sound. There's no medicine that's been put on, no bandages. And this is the state of being you are in. When you don't know God, you don't walk with him, you are in rebellion, you get beat up. And you are in a state where you cannot function well at all. You get ticked off at your wife for no reason. You get upset with your children, even though they're kids. You know they're kids, but you just can't help yourself. Okay? This is kind of where we're at. Verse 8. This one, this one's hard. This is, this is, um, go ahead, one more slide. It says, the daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard. Okay, how many, this was not necessarily a safe area. You don't leave your daughters unguarded. Okay, follow me. Okay, she's left like a shelter in an empty vineyard like a watchman in a cucumber hut. Okay, cucumber hut. No cucumbers grow low to the ground. There is no shelter, no cover. She is alone. There is no one around her for a very long distance. This is not good, okay? So don't know God. In rebellion, beat up, and worse yet, alone. And for those of you who have been truly alone, you know how absolutely miserable that is. It, it, it just eats at you. you don't, it, it's hard, very difficult place to be in. Number nine, God still loves us. I love this verse. God still protects us. You know, unless the Lord of hosts had left us a few survivors, we'd be like Sodom, we're city in the entire known universe, or Gomorrah, we're city in the entire known universe. They're kind of tied. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Now he's directly addressing Israel. He's like, okay, you are. Hear the, give ear to the instruction of our Lord, you people of Gomorrah. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense, it's an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me, and I am weary of bearing them. These are church people, okay? I know it's Old Testament. Just, just go with me a little bit. Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, you offered sacrifices to cleanse your sins. We have the sacrifice of Christ, okay? So we don't have to do that anymore. But under Old Testament, this is what they did in church. <laughs> they came to church, and they cut up, and they killed an animal, and 
that that was the way it worked, okay? They could also do um, grain offerings. You put incense in it, it smelled really good, and it, that was supposed to be like a fragrant offering. The Bible actually compares that kind of incense burning offering to our praise and worship, okay? So they're coming, they're asking for their sins to be forgiven. They are praising and worshiping God, and yet he says he hates that they even show up on his doorstep. He says, I, I, I can't stand it. It's a burden. It's a reproach to me. I, I, I'm weary of, of, of carrying it. Why? If they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing, if they're showing up at church, they're reading their Bible, they're asking for their sins to be forgiven, and they're offering you know, incense and praise and worship, what is wrong? Why can't he stand it? Okay, so let's go. Um, ah, da, da, da. This would be very similar. What they're doing a lot is, okay, imagine teenage daughter. She comes up, I love you, Daddy, throws her arms around your neck. Oh, I love you, I love you. You know, okay, I'm going to go out with my, my friends. See you later. Bye. Takes off. He, you know, all that touches Daddy's heart, as it should. And he goes to the door, and he... he Watch her go out, and he hears, you'll never believe what I just did. I just took, you know, I just got slipped a couple bucks out of his pocket so I can go and have fun. You know, let's get out of here. And a lot of that's what they were doing, okay? They're saying, I love you with one part of their heart, and I love the world with the other part, okay? And for the most part, they didn't even know they were doing it, okay? It wasn't the overt rebellion that that girl was in. It's the subtle rebellion. The, the rebellion I don't even know is going on. All right. Um, let's go down to verse 18. I'm going to skip on you. Sorry. Okay. It says, come now. I love this. Come now and let us reason together. Even though they were like that, God's like, come here. Come here. I, let me try to reason with you. Let me try to talk to you. Let me try to help you. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be washed. They will be washed like wool. If you consent today, you will eat and obey. You will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I think there were two problems that they faced. I think the first is that we're warring against a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Go ahead and throw up the next verse. Um, the enemy is after us. Okay, it's, it's plain and simple. We live in two worlds. Actually, the Bible describes us as like aliens and strangers of this world because there is a spiritual world. There are angels and demons sitting with you right now. Okay, please don't freak out on me. Okay. But th- this is just, this is the reality, okay? There is someone who purposely doesn't like you, who is out to hurt you, okay? And he is going to try to trick you as much as possible, okay? He is going to try to lie to you. He is going to cover up sin in your life because he doesn't want you to know about it, okay? Because if you're sinning, he's winning, Okay? So that's our first problem. We have a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal 
our hearts and our affections toward God. He comes to kill the love that's in us, and he comes to destroy our lives. Flat out. That's his goal. Okay? The Lord, I mean, thank God <laughs> the Lord warns us. It's up there. It's there to read. Um, so we are dealing with that. We have an enemy. The second issue is the law. Now, the law is good. The, the law is a wonderful thing. It tells us. It's actually like God's warning. You know, like when you you're, you're hear that beep, 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 you know, there's a big truck backing up, and you probably should get out of the way so you don't get smashed. Okay? The law is like that. Okay? The, the law says, don't commit adultery. Okay? Why? Well, because I want to keep you from having fun, and, and you know, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. No. No, no, no. Don't commit adultery because, well, you see, when you commit adultery, you hurt your wife or you hurt your husband. You hurt your kids. You hurt the family of that woman and her wife and her kids. And you are doing all kinds of stuff to destroy them. Actually, sometimes up to the second and third generation. Because it doesn't just mess up your kids. It messes up their kids, too, because they have to, if they haven't dealt with all those issues that divorce occurred in them, then an affair or adu- let's not even say it gets to divorce. Let's just say affair, adultery. You know, I am abandoned by my mother or father. You know, I, I am set apart. Can I trust her anymore? And do you know that you guys are the representation, representation of God to your children? Not that you are God, but they learn first from you how to trust what it's like to be protected. That's on you. And when you step out of God's will, when he says, please don't, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt not just you. It's going to hurt everyone around you. He's speaking to you for a reason. It's not just to destroy your fun. Every single, I've looked at the law a lot, and every single thing, even the weird ones, like don't eat pork. Okay, let's think about this for a minute. Back then, cooking fire, ladies... Over a cooking fire, can you get all that bacteria, the, what are that little ringworm thing, can that be burned up and burned out? Okay, there's a reason for even the crazy laws like that that we don't necessarily understand. If you look at it, all of these laws were to protect us. Okay? But the law in itself, it wasn't big enough, it wasn't strong enough. Okay? It, it couldn't stop us. Remember Paul saying, you know, I do the things I don't want to do, and the things I do want to do, I can't. Okay? You know, but praise God, Jesus Christ is at work in me, you know, to help me to overcome. All right? So we have an enemy. We have a law that tells us what we should do, but it doesn't give us any power to do it. So then we come down to, all right, how? How do we overcome? How do we not look like that it was Old Testament, but honestly, it's, it's the church. How do we not look like that? What do we do? And, and the answer is very simple. We ask the Holy Spirit for help. Nothing is impossible with God. The secret, though, is humility Amen. and surrender. Okay? I love it because God gave us himself. And he said, and in, in myself, I'm like, all right, I'm weak. I, I'm worthless apart from you, okay? He made me a beautiful creation. You know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But in order to combat sin, in order to abide by the law and fight Satan at the same time, 
I'm, I'm weak and worthless. I, I can't do it. Okay? But it is God who is at work in me. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And, and I know those of you who have battled, it's like trying to will. Oh, God, I don't want to do this. I don't, sweets. Okay. I swear God is in cahoots with Pastor Pat. I love sweets. I've been whining to Daniel all week. I, I keep expecting JJ to go, Mama, do everything without whining and complaining <sighs> about not getting to eat sweets. Oh. It's like if I have a besetting sin, it's sugar. It's like, oh. And so it has been hard for me. I, and you may laugh, but honestly, seriously, it, it's been hard to not eat sweets. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat that donut because someone's going to get set free because I'm fasting, and that's why I'm not going to eat that very yummy cream filled with chocolate on it. <sighs> so he is at work in me to give me the will to not sin. Because, again, on your own, quite frankly, the enemy will have you for lunch. Okay? That, that's just the way it is. Okay, but thank God we are not alone. We are not like that, that verse where they were in the cucumber field. No one, as far as the eye can see, okay, by ourselves. No, because God says, come, let us freeze in together, okay? He, he wants you. He takes you. And most of you have taken him, so that's half the battle. Yay. All right, and to work for his good pleasure, okay? He has, he wants you to overcome the sin, he wants you to step out, and then he wants you to start working. You see, the thing is, um, I had a word a couple weeks ago, and we just ran out of time, but it was really, really cool. And that one thing this church gets, this is a, a yay, go, cots word. One thing we get is sermonhood. We get that, okay? We, we have come under, come up, come beside, come around people who are hurting, who maybe don't have the finances, whatever's going on, okay? And we are good about that, probably because our head is so good about that, amen? You know, we, we and quite frankly, the elder board, you guys are our head too. You know, they, they walk in that. They have anointing for that. And it's awesome because we have a choice, you know? But you guys have chosen again and again to follow Pat and Teresa and to love people and to be servants to them. So... Yay, yay, all of you. So God just wanted to say that to you. That wasn't part of the original message. That was a freebie. <laughs> so, okay. So did you do... I'm trying, okay, I have two hours amount of stuff here, so I'm skimming. So if I pause, think, yay, she's skipping stuff. Okay, so just think that. Jessica, yeah. Ask for your scriptures so they'll know to put them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I will, definitely. I am not there yet. So... Okay, but I am now. Give me John 10, 10. Oh, it's up there. No, the next, John, sorry, 10, 9 through 10. Pat and I had a little discussion. I got the wrong thing up, so John, ah, beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Okay, so this is his promise. I showed you the other part of the verse earlier, you know, the Satan side. But this is his side. If you're walking with him, if you are with him, then he says, I am the door, and he will be saved. Okay, so instead of the not knowing God, in rebellion, tar beat out of you, alone, you're saved. That means, oh, Jesus is with me. I'm not alone anymore. That means I 
am going to be protected. I'm going to be saved, okay? So then we just got to deal with the rebellion part, okay? So we are going to find safe pastures. We are not going to get beat up by the enemy, okay? Got to get rid of the rebellion, and we're just walking with him. All right, so down, 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 looking. Um, Just another part of that, the end of that verse, it says, I came that they may have life, and they have it more abundantly. And I think Pat Trees have talked a lot about that. And I said it in the beginning, I want, and I know God wants for this church, power to flow through us. Not, not because of the, for the sake of power and, ooh, look what I can do. I can read your thoughts. No, 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 no. So we can help people. Okay? So we can bless each other. So we can touch. So, you know, I am still ticked off at the enemy that JD is still hurting. That, I hate that. And I want the power to be able to go up there and say, be healed in Jesus' name. And it happened like that. That's what I want. And that's what this month is about, you guys. Okay, but if you do not walk in fasting, if you do not humble yourself before the Lord and say, God, show me. Lord, show me what's standing in the way. Because obviously there's stuff standing in the way because we are operating at that level of power. Me too. I mean, totally. God preached this to me for about the last five years. So I've heard this sermon a lot. But this is what he wants, okay? All right. Um... Really briefly, just on sin again, um, you can go ahead and put Romans 11. Did I put Romans 11.29 up there? You, you can see if I did or not. But if not, that's okay. All right. So sin separates us from God. It minimizes the role we can play in the kingdom. I pretty much just said this. All of you have spiritual gifts. Did you know that? Okay. All of you have been given spiritual gifts. Okay. Um, it, the use of them, sin gets in the way of that. Immaturity gets in the way of that. Okay, that's what this month is about, is to shovel it out, root it out, get it out, so that we can easily flow through what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Okay, and that's a key point right there, what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Okay, a big thing about like, okay, so getting past the rebellion part and into walking with him, you got to hear him. Okay, I I don't, being raised a, a little Baptist girl, Baptists are awesome, wonderful people, I learned to study the word, I learned how to be a servant. A lot of really good stuff. One thing they didn't really explain, though, is that the Holy Spirit can speak directly to you. That was kind of blurry, okay? But I want you guys to know that because, oh, my gosh, the holy living God speaking to your spirit, speaking to your mind. I mean, oh, is that not awesome? Okay? Who many, how many people wanted, yearned for that through the ages? I mean, wow, do we have cool stuff. Our God gives us good toys, which is awesome, or good gifts either way. Christmas, still thinking Christmas. I have a two and a five-year-old. All right, so um, sin stands in the way. Let's go to, yeah, so for the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. Um, Some versions say they are without repentance. What that means is that you have gifts and you have a calling flat out. You were made with that. Sin clamps it down. They are irrevocable. Satan cannot take you, take them Take it away from you. Them. You have them. Plural. Them. Let's say them. Cannot take them away from you. But he can stop you from using it. He can shackle your hands with sin. Okay? He can shackle your mind with lies. Uh, Go to Matthew 7, 1 through 5. This is a really good example of what I'm going to call hidden sin. It's a sin that we don't know 
that we're walking in, the sin that's socially acceptable, the sin that we just think is, oh, okay, not a big deal, or it's something I'm, I'm struggling with. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying, but it really seems to keep popping up and popping up and popping up. I'm sure Daniel could mention a couple of mine. Um, so this one, this verse says, Do not judge that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, or sister's eye, but do not notice that log that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye? And behold, uh, you can't see because you have a really big log in your own. Okay? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. Deal with your own sin. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Okay, so Daniel gave me permission to tell this story. And, um, yeah, I'm going to just deal with husband and wife sin just a little bit. I don't know. Maybe God's stirring up a sermon on that at some point. Um, so I remember walking into the bedroom one day, and, and there are laundry baskets. They had been moved from my side of the bed to his side of the bed for his convenience. Okay? I, <laughs> I walk in, and here's the laundry basket. It's empty. His clothes are all the way around. <laughs> The laundry basket. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. How? Like, I don't even know how you could possibly do this. And he wasn't just doing it. I mean, this was an accident. But I'm like, seriously, how could you do this? And it not, like, were you purposely trying to tick me off? Which he never would. It's like, ah, really? And I'm, Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And I am so mad at him. And I'm like, I can't believe it. The laundry basket's right there. Two more inches. What is this problem? And I'm just like mad, mad, mad. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> okay. Just, just going to put it away. And then I see something else. And that ticks me off. And I'm like, dirty dishes in the sink. Seriously. Sink, dishwasher, sink, dishwasher. Rinse a little with water. It takes you 30 seconds. Really, do you have to add to this when I have to take care of this? And, the, and, blah. and you can see exactly where the enemy was leading me. Got a nice little trail. I was righteously indignant. My husband wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And I was judging him all the way. Now, let me explain to you something about judgment. Here's what's happening. When I judge my husband and I don't write off, prom- the, the correct response, just to be clear, is forgiveness. Immediate. E- immediate. There is no, there is no, oh my gosh, I can't believe he, yeah, I can't even believe that. It, it is immediate, God, I forgive him for doing that. Pick up the clothes, put them in, done. Okay? As soon as you start roiling in that, it broils up in you, it's a festering wound. And oh my gosh, I suddenly have a sore spot on me. Just like talking about over there. Okay? Because the enemy's got me. All right? What I was doing, and, okay, and it's just not that bad. It gets worse. So I have now a sore sin spot on me, a place where the enemy is able to come and punch me in the side and it hurts the dishes. That was a punch in the side. Okay? Maybe not changing Jack's poopy diaper and leave it for me, which he has never done. Please let me clarify that. Another punch in the side. Okay? And the enemy has you. He has a hook in you. He has a sore spot on you that he can get to you with. And he will use that to a T. Okay? We do not fear the enemy. We are so much greater enemy. He is at the feet of Jesus, but he is a manipulator, and he is a liar. Okay? So we have to, over, we have to 
we have overcome him, but now we need to walk in that authority. Okay? So, I have a sore spot on me. But you know what I've done? I've hurt, I've crippled Daniel. Because when you judge your husband or your wife, what you're doing is you're saying, Satan, I agree with you. My husband's a screw-up. My husband is lazy. My husband is, I don't know what, okay? And you are placing your agreement with the enemy. And that shackles Daniel. That shackles God from being able to deal with Daniel in the areas of laziness and I don't, yeah, he's a great husband, by the way. Please, please, please keep that in mind. I love my husband so much, actually. He's wonderful. Uh, you did give me permission to remember that. Okay. <laughs> so you have hand, handcuffed God. And even though God is all-powerful, the enemy is coming up and say, Satan's coming up. Remember Satan, the accuser of the brethren? He's coming up and saying, Jessica said her husband's these things. She's agreeing with me. You can't do anything about it. And God can't because you are agreeing with Satan. You are taking the legal rights. And yes, legally, am I allowed to be ticked off at my husband? Yeah, I am. But that's not God's way. God's way is forgiveness. And it's awesome, ladies, just to let you know. As soon as you forgive your husband for whatever reoccurring sin that drives you nuts, (laughs) um, reoccurring omission of housely chores, and you start praying and you start saying, Lord, I thank you. Thinking is very powerful. Lord, I thank you that my husband sees the laundry basket, and I thank you that the laundry is going in that laundry basket. Lord, I thank you that he sees an empty sink as a beautiful thing, and so he wants to put his dishes in the dishwasher, okay? You give thanks, and oh my gosh, ladies, I'm telling you, this is the way to deal with your husbands. <laughs> give thanks for them. Give thanks that God is going to move on them and change them. And check your hearts to make sure there's no judgment against them. Okay? Because no matter how much you give thanks, if there's that judgment against your husband, God's handcuffed. And your husband, you've hurt him a lot. Okay? All right, that's my little side note. But that's an example of hidden sin. Did I have any clue that I was in judgment? I didn't. Okay? It's something that you don't realize. It's something that's acceptable. And we all have those to differing degrees. What I really want to do and what this whole fast time is about is bringing up that hidden sin to the surface and letting God deal with it. So when you are fasting and praying, and you have to fast, guys, do you remember in the Bible where it talks about the, um, the spirits? At, the disciples were brought a, a man that had a demon in him, and they prayed over him, and they prayed over him, and they prayed over him, and there was no luck. And finally, his friends took him to Jesus, and Jesus prayed over him. Bing! Done. Over with two seconds. Beautiful. Exactly the way we were supposed to do it. And the disciples were like, what? what was wrong with that? What happened? And they're like, that kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. Okay? So, again... No fear, no condemnation, no nothing like that. But you ha- the enemy is working against you. Demons have purposely tripped you up again and again to try and get you to a place where you can't function, where you don't know that there's sin in your life. Okay? They've hidden it from you. When you fast and pray, you punch the enemy in the gut because it's powerful, because it changes the spiritual atmosphere. All right? So when you're fasting and praying for this week, what you need to do is come before the Lord and say, God, show me. 
So add, add on to that list that Pat gave you, which was awesome, phenomenal. I love that. Add on to that list, show me my hidden sin. And let me tell you how faithful he will be to do that for you. God's like, yes. You know, come let us reason together. And let your sins be as scarlet. I will make them as white as snow. Because he wants it even more than I do. And here's the really cool thing. Well, actually, no, I'll, I'll say that for the end. Okay. I'm, I'm over halfway through my notes. This is good, right? Yeah? Yay? Okay. Um, okay. Here's the other reason why. Okay. Just back up with me a minute. So if let's say I struggle with gossip. Okay. This is kind of an explanation as to why God doesn't allow the gifts to freely reign in you also if you are in sin. If you've got that sore spot in your area that the enemy can punch or another gentleman, um, Jack Frost, yes, that is his actual name. He was a, an awesome teacher. Uh, he passed away. But um, he talked about he was a fisherman for most of his life. And he, he talked about a hook, how the enemy had a hook in you, and he could tug on that whenever he wanted to. Let's say that I have the gift of the word of knowledge. I get things about people so I can pray for them so that they can be set free. That's how it's supposed to operate, right? Okay, we're good? But I have this hook in me. So I, and I, it's gossip, all right? I've not dealt with it. It's hidden from me. I don't even know it's there, okay? And so I, as far as I know, I'm going to church, reading my Bible, good Christian little girl, I'm good. So I get this word of knowledge that Susie Ann is um, having an affair. And so, pretty heavy stuff. So I check with God, okay, do I go, do I go to her and pray for her? Is this just something I pray on my own? And, and he says, yeah, you can go and, go and pray for her, you know, let her know, whatever. Okay, so I do that. And then it's like, oh, man, this is really big. This is really weighty. I, I really think I should, t- I should tell Patty about it. I, I, Patty Enver is a really good prayer warrior. I, I think I, I should go to her. Or, you know, Nanette. Nanette really prays well, too. Oh, and I probably should tell Pat and Teresa, right? They need to pray. What am I doing? Under the guise of? Yeah, hook. Hook. What have I done? I have destroyed Susie Ann. I have helped the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's stealing her marriage. He's killing her heart. And now I have helped him destroy her life. Do you see how I align myself with the enemy? Because of hidden sin. Because of sin I hadn't taken care of. It's a very, very serious thing. But once we get that cleaned out, the heavens are going to open. It's going to be fantastic. All right. That was another page turn. You should be excited. All right. Um, I'm going to kind of skip 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Pretty much it talked about um, just a veil and hidden. I think you guys get the point of hidden sin. But... um, the other aspect of that is that our hearts get hardened when we don't spend time with him. Okay, if you notice that the, the little trail down here, the first thing is if you're spending time with him, reading his word, praying with him, you aren't probably going to go over into rebellion. But the less you do with that, the more likely you're going down that really not fun path. Okay, okay um, kind of an explanation, father of lies. Anyone ever wonder why Satan's called the father of lies? Okay, that seems like a little sin, you know, a little white lie. Not a big deal. Why not the father of, like, murder or adultery or, I don't know, like, something big, powerful, like a meaty sin? And um, the reason he's called the father of lies is because lies start every sin. It, it is the lies that are in your mind that the enemy very subtly, very quietly plants in your head that get you to do the things you 
don't want to do. Okay? Put up James 1, 13 through 15. Because you see, all of this starts in your mind. Okay? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God can't be tempted by evil, and he himself does not. Everyone say does not. Does not. Tempt anyone. Period. End of story. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lusts. Then when that lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Okay? That wonderful, beaten up, broken person over here. That's what sin gets you. Okay? So, you have a thought in your head. Okay? It just comes. You can accept it or you can reject it. Laundry basket. I love my husband. I love my husband. I love my husband. I can do that. I can forgive him right away. Or I can be like, I can't believe he did this to me. Again, I moved the laundry basket across the room to help him, and he's still, what are you going to do? Okay? And it's that quick, and it's that immediate. And the enemy, I'm sorry, but he's been doing this for thousands of years. He's that subtle. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is in you. And if you ask him to help you, he will help you catch that stuff. Okay? Let's let it progress. All right? So I don't let that go. I'm like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. Okay? And we already talked about he, he'll, he'll get the hook in there with other stuff. You won't, but ladies, can, can I have a witness? How often is it that when you're already ticked off with your husband at one thing, everything in the house starts screaming of things he didn't do? Okay? Yeah, that would be the enemy pointing all that stuff out to you. There's a reason for that. Okay? So, I have accepted this thought. I have entertained it. It is in my head. Okay? The enemy is now hooking and pulling other things at me. Now I'm going to be carried away by my desires. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust or desires. Okay? Um, lust is just a craving to do something. It's not necessarily talking about anything sexual. It's, it's just a craving for something, okay? So I am carried away because I want to yell at him. I want to make him pay, okay? I am ticked off, okay? So then I go lambate that, okay? So I'm carried away, but I'm enticed by my own desire to yell at him. When the lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and I go and I let him have it. All right, and let's say I let him have it the next day. And I let him have it two days from now. And I have it a week from now. That's when sin is accomplished, when it's happened enough times, what's going to happen to my marriage? Death. We're going to get a divorce. And the whole time, I think I'm in the right. Because he didn't pick up his laundry. He didn't put his dishes in the dishwasher. But it's not about him. The other thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you can keep in mind, the Lord deals with you first. You are only responsible for you. You can only change you. You can only touch you. The only thing you can do about the other person is get yourself right. Okay, J.D., I'll do my best to keep this close to my mouth. All right, um, cool, done that. The enemy, if you think about it, he 
let's say someone hated your guts. I mean, really, really hated your guts. Is he going to go after you or is he going to go after your kids? What's going to hurt you more? Yeah, no contest. Please take me. Don't touch my children. Okay? The enemy goes after us to get to God. So another thing that you can consider is every time you sin, every time I would go and yell at Daniel, I'm also slapping God in the face. I'm letting the enemy win, and I'm hurting my Jesus. We don't talk about sin very much, and I know it's been a lot on it, but I want you guys to understand it's not just a, oh, I lied to my mom so I can stay out late tonight. It is a welt, a a running sore in your side that the enemy can punch and can use. Because if I lie once, I'm going to lie again. It's just the way it works. The enemy got his hook in me. He's got it once. He's going to get it again. It hurts everyone around you. Because when you start to be a liar, you can't be trusted. Okay? And it comes out in the spiritual realm too. I don't have time to explain that. But trust me, it's not just a white lie. It comes out in the spiritual realm too. And then I've slapped Jesus in the face. Like, no, I don't want to do what you say. Yeah, I love you, but I'm not going to obey you. That's a lie. If you love me, keep my commandments. All right. So for me personally, um, a little bit like Paul, I was a Pharisee among Pharisees at the tribe of Benjamin. I was a student of Galilee. However you pronounce Galgamil. I don't know. He was a really great Pharisee of the time. And only like the best students could apprentice under him. That would kind of be my, my pedigree, my repertoire, whatever. Um, raised a Christian, generations of Christians in my family, Sunday school teachers, preachers, pastors. We even had someone come over on the Mayflower. So, yeah, I have all that. And I was raised to be a good Christian little girl, to obey, went to Christian preschool, all the way up, all the way through college, Christian everything. And um, I thought I was pretty darn good. You know, I've been taught since I was young. I was good at walking in it. And I remember in college going, God, I don't really think there's anything wrong with me. I'm pretty sure there should be, but I can't think of anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. About five years after that, (laughs) the bottom came out. And the Lord showed me about seven major scenarios I had in my life. Pride, jealousy, judgment, (laughs) judgment can see that one. Um, I, I, I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but there were, there's at least seven areas and I was doing pretty good. Okay. And it was so intense. I couldn't take it. And I'm like, Lord, you got it. You got to back off. I'm like, this is so much. I am overwhelmed. You know, please give me a break. And he did. And he came back a year later and he's like, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. And you know how he showed me I need to deal with that. Bad stuff happening in my life conflict with people, things not going right with my kids or my husband, my mother, my family, any, any little thing, my friends. Okay. Because even though Satan will use the hook to pull on you, to get you to walk in that, here's the cool thing. God uses it too, for everything works for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So every time Satan would yank that hook, God would say, Jess, are you listening? Do you see me? Honey, you got to work on this. You need to pray this. All you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, deliver me from this. And then get your head in the word. Find some scriptures, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is excellent. If anything be praiseworthy, think about these things. Yeah, that's the scripture I use a lot with the, like, the laundry issue. Okay? 
combat it, okay? And amazing things started to happen. I started to, I've always had the gifts. I've, I've seen visions since I was very young, had dreams since I was very young, didn't know what to do with them. Baptist church, remember? Um, but after I dealt with all this stuff, the gifts in me started to just bloom. And it was about three, so dealing with sin is about seven years ago, five years ago, and, and still on working, <laughs> definitely work in progress. <laughs> I do not think I'm all that great anymore. Um, but he started to let the gifts bloom because I was safe. You know, I didn't have as many hooks in me, so I couldn't hurt other people. Okay. Because here's the thing. The Lord pours into you. Let's consider yourself like a glass face and the Holy Spirit pours into you. But if there are cracks, it's going to explode. If there are a few cracks, it's okay. But if there are a lot of cracks, it's going to explode. And that hurts not just you. It doesn't just shatter and destroy your life. The shards go into everybody around you. Think of all the evangelists that have fallen. How many brand new baby Christians do they take with them to hell? Speaking very bluntly. How many people walked away from God because of the standard that person didn't keep? We have yearned. We have called out. I know it's on Pat and Teresa's heart, on the elders' hearts for the gifts and the anointing for the power to bless people. But we can't have it until we can truly be a blessing to people and not a curse. The rest of the word that I received back in um, three years ago, whatever that was, before Cats actually started, um, was that God is setting aside a special time. You know how um, it was so cool. I asked Chris and Kristen to pray for me real quick. And he was reading in Luke and um, the verse, actually, I didn't tell you this, but it had come to my mind earlier today that today is the, is the time. Today is the day of the Lord's favor. You know, proclaim it. And it's really true for you guys. He's giving you this month. And it's not just an ordinary month. If you choose to participate in it with the fasting and everything, and you pray and say, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, break the chains in my life. Set me free. It's done. I can't explain that because a lot of times it's a battle. It's a struggle. Believe me, <laughs> I've been struggling to get free and to stay free. But there's some sort of grace for this month that he's giving to cots. Again, I don't understand it, but I am so grateful for it because you don't have to struggle. Okay, the year that Teresa went through, which was incredibly difficult, Dina Wiegand went through a year. Like I said, I, it was so bad. I'm like, God, I can't handle it. And those of you who know me, I'm a pretty strong woman, but I couldn't take it anymore. You don't have to do that. But it's your choice. You have a choice to participate this month or you have a choice to not. And let me tell you, especially those of you who are just not even especially just everybody guys do you know the gifts you have in you sometimes he shows me and oh my gosh you are a set of awesome people let the gifts flow through you give them a chance all right i'm gonna pray i didn't finish by the way but i think that's good enough holy one i just thank you i just thank you so much Holy One, I just ask that there are people in here who want to submit themselves to you, who want to humble themselves before you. Lord, that you would accept their offering of humility. You would accept their sacrifice of self and of pride. Lord, I just ask a blessing over this people. If there are those of you who, who would like that to be set free, 
to see the hidden stuff in yourselves, would you please just come to the front and, and just tell him about it? The Lord is gracious and he loves you and he wants to bless you and he wants to set you free. Please accept, please hear, please know. Holy Spirit, bless this people, this people that are full of your gifts because you've given them. Touch them, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, I declare today is the day of the Lord's favor. Today is the day of freedom. This month, God, you have set aside for your people, your people of cots. And Lord, I thank you and praise you that it's going to be amazing. It is going to be absolutely mind-blowing. We are going to be a free people. Amen.